0: Welcome back. Today is part two, and we're talking about how to be amazingly successful because you're an introvert. How about that?
1: (laughs) I like that. I'll take that.
0: So we're reframing it. (laughs) So the title of today's podcast, obviously, is Introverts Real Estate Success Plan. So today is part two. Today is day two. Make sure you go back and listen to yesterday's podcast to get caught up. We're going to be starting on point number five. And Julie and I always like to start our our podcast sharing with you some of the experiences that some of you are having our personal coaching clients from around the country. Now, remember, our premier coaching, um, you know, that program has hundreds, if not thousands of active members. But Julie and I do have a handful of coaching clients we work for, uh, work for, well, we do work for them, don't we? Yeah, (laughs) we work for on a regular basis. And from those experiences, we actually are very grateful oftentimes because even though we are indeed helping those folks move their business and personal lives forward, we're also learning a lot about what's going on in their markets. And that's the reason when Julie and I are considering working with someone as a personal coaching client, we're very selective. Because if we have a lot of, for example, we don't want a bunch of people that are, we don't want to be coaching competing agents in a particular market, right? This is true. Yeah. I mean, I've had that happen before. So if you, without knowing it. Yeah. It's weird. You realize you're uh, actually, you have two coaching clients that uh, are competing for the same listing. (laughs) I have
1: had that happen a few times. And we try to avoid that. Or maybe they end up partnering together or something like that. But yeah, we are pretty particular, and that's one of the
0: reasons. Right. Well, we have clients. You and I have clients. You primarily have mm-hmm. clients in pretty much all the most expensive markets around the country. But not all of them are particularly expensive, really. I mean, No, we have a really good matter. variety. So, from those experiences, I'll tell you one thing for sure the active listings this month nationwide has almost gone up by 50% month over month. The active listings in the country right now, I believe is, uh, this is, um, you know, this month obviously, 549,000 active listings and it doesn't include new construction, doesn't include the stuff that's done in the MLS, this is just MLS data. I believe that number's correct. Point being is if you look over just the past few months, the number of available homes for sale has just skyrocketed and it's going to continue to, and that's just, You know, what happens this time of year? And don't be surprised when it happens this time of year. And don't be surprised that a lot of the folks that are putting their houses for sale are moving for the normal, natural, organic reasons. They want to get a bigger house, a smaller house. Mm -hmm. They inherited the house. They want. I mean, that's the nice thing about being on the listing side of the business. There will always be people that want to transact no matter what the economy is doing, no matter what inflation is doing, no matter what. Politics, no matter whatever is going on in the world, people always need to sell. They won't always need to, um, you know, necessarily buy a second or third home. The buying side of the uh, equation in real estate is definitely where the most of the headwinds are. So again, what we've always geared you guys towards is becoming the most powerful listing agents you can, and then you'll become great uh, buyers agents along the way because of the fact you have the listings. But I'll tell you for sure, I had a coaching client, our coaching call, uh, L.A., New York, right prior to this podcast. And the inventory is definitely increasing. What are you experiencing?
1: I have had, I think, five coaching calls today. And in every market, I would say, yes, some more significant than others, but all of them have rising inventory. Now, along with observing that it's rising inventory, you and I always ask, you know, what was the source of those listings and that sort of thing? But also, as a result of the rising inventory, have you seen days on the market increase? Yep. And I think in most cases, a little bit. You know, two weekends, maybe three weekends instead of one two or three offers instead of 20 in some cases. And there are other little pockets, especially as you go towards first-time buyer stuff, you still have multi, multi offers.
0: Which goes to you having to actually prep your sellers for having the expectations that are a match for the market, right? That's so right. if your sellers are still entering into, or uh, still believing that it was last year's market, they're going to be frustrated when the house doesn't sell in 22 seconds with 6,000 competing offers.
1: Well, that's right. And so what we're starting to see is sellers are beginning to not counter an already amazing offer, right? They're saying, oh, I ought to take that. I ought to take what I've got because maybe the market's changing on me. So little nuances of behavior is what we're seeing. And I think the prevailing conversation I'm having is, how am I going to deal with telling the seller what's really going on, not losing the listing because I don't want to freak them out, still having energy and enthusiasm for the situation and really balancing that out and setting that seller's expectations well what if it which sounds ridiculous to experienced agents what if it takes three weeks instead of three <laughs> seconds <laughs> you know like i can barely say that i'm our, average, day, our <laughs> average days
0: in the market when julie and i sold real estate i'll never it was 91. and the average days in the market where we sold real estate in columbus ohio was over six months it was like 181. Yeah. so we used to basically uh you know be able to sell ourselves as listing agents one of the ways of doing it is say well look what our average days in the market is mr seller versus you know, most of the other agents, according to the Columbus Board of Realtors, many of you, I don't even know what you do with yourselves if you had to keep a listing happy for 91 days.
1: I know, Well, they panic is what they, <laughs> they do, do, first of all. So we've had some calls about that and the advantage that you have having a little bit of that, that conversation when you take the listing, not to the point where you're gonna freak them out and have them think that you don't really think you're gonna be able to sell it.
0: And have the conversation after you've taken the listing. Don't yes. have the conversation before, because then they're gonna start, they're gonna read into what you're Question saying. Question you. As, exactly, especially if the other agent is not as knowledgeable or professional as you. So be thinking ahead of times, what are the ramifications of having the, you know, as Julie says, the butterfly effect of having the conversation, you know, and the wrong order of things. And this goes back to skills this obviously goes back to coaching but I will say overall what I'm seeing is that the market is settling into the new reality of rising interest rates agreed the number of people Taking adjustable rate mortgages, again, is increasing fairly yes, dramatically. For sure. The for The total number of adjustable rate mortgages, you can tell Julie and I were writing a future podcast this morning, the total number of adjustable rate mortgages that are existing right now is mm-hmm. still less than 10% of yep. all, of, you know, half of all of homes in the United States are owned outright, but the ones with mortgages, something like less than 10% of adjustable rate mortgages. People that are saying that there's going to be some sort of precipitous drop in home values are absolutely wrong. We've talked about this on the podcast a number of times. So these are just some of the you know, headwinds that I see some of you guys are emotionally starting to form and you got to really be conscientious of who you're listening to and really what their motivation is for telling you what they're telling you. The reality of it is, is we, despite the interest rates, despite the economy, we are going to be in a seller's market for years to come. And the reason we're in these, going to be in a seller's market for years to come is because simple supply and demand. And by supply and demand, for, even if uh, the housing market were to somehow, interest rates go up to some ridiculous amount, all the rest of it, there are still so many people that want to buy homes that are the. Uh, it, they realize also that it's going to be a lot better to own a home, even if they're having to pay more per month than they would have, say, a year ago, than they, if they were renting. Actually, it was a fascinating. um, Lawrence Jung was uh, talking at one a, a recent event. And he's the economist, chief economist for National Association of Realtors. And it is kind of interesting when you look at all these uh, buyers out there and people in general who say, well, I'm going to wait for prices to fall. Mm-hmm. Well, the cost of having said that last year and waited a year That's right. means that that property that you would have otherwise bought has gone up by 20%. But not only that now, you have the cost if you were to borrow the money, mm-hmm. the cost of the money through the mortgage has also gone up as well. Mm-hmm. Anyway, the point being, guys, the market is starting to adjust to the new realities of just everything we've talked about and you're going to see that, and you're going to feel that emotionally as well. People are gonna to start to become more comfortable with the new realities. They're gonna start being, uh, they're wanting to move forward again. The market's gonna start loosening up. It's it, as we're, as Julie and I described, what, six months ago, four months ago, as we cross this economic bridge together, um, When and the bridge is kind of a rickety old rope bridge. Mm-hmm. If You can imagine that from some sort of Indiana Jones movie, right? Raiders of the Lost Ark or whatever. As so we're crossing this bridge together, that's when things get a little nerve-wracking because you can't see where you came from, you can't see where you go, where you're going. But now you've been on this bridge, in the bridges from the old reality to the new reality. And as you're uh, getting close to the new reality, you can start seeing... Um, that the land is stable, you start feeling more confident, and then you know you pick up pace, and you eventually are where you feel secure again to make decisions. And you're gonna see and feel that yourselves personally, but also with people uh, that are your real estate buyers and sellers. No matter what happens in the economy, guys, real estate is still going to be in demand because people need a place to live. You know, even if it's on the investor side, people are always going to need a place to live. Even if it's on the renter side, people are gonna need a place to live. So no matter what happens, people can decide not to go to the movies. They can decide not to you know, buy whatever the heck they were going to buy, because now it's too expensive because of inflation. But they're going to need a home to live in. And fortunately, you happen to be in the home selling business. So congratulations.
1: <laughs> yes, and a special shout out to Tammy Irby in Virginia, because she has not one, not two, not three, but nine coming soons that are on the horizon for her. Building her listing inventory, and she has just crossed, and she's a very experienced uh, agent and broker. So she's seen this before, but she is on the cutting edge of this changing market because normally she's somebody that'll take one or two a week. Now she's got nine coming soon. And it was really interesting to talk to her because her perspective as a grizzled veteran is this. She said, I know what to do. I know how to do it. My only concern is doing enough of it all the time. I'm going to enter into some time management issues but I know exactly how to handle a changing market. She said, for, I asked her, for example, you know, as a coach, we want to make sure. She said, well, for example, I'm doing not one, not two, but three comparative market analysis before I put my new listings on the market. I do one at the listing appointment, I do one after they've staged it, and one on the day that we put it out there. Because I have to know that I'm not underpricing it or overpricing it and give them the right advice at the right time.
0: Well, so that goes to experience. Yes. And, and you can't um, fake experience, right? So Tammy is not only knowing what to do as far as the mechanics of what to do. But she knows what to do emotionally. She's not waiting, getting ready to get started, waiting for you know, some little flashbang, whiz bang, shiny object idea to cross yep. her email or someone to call her with, you know, this will solve all your problems, CRM or whatever. She knows what to do. She's getting to work. She's applying it from the past experience. Now if you don't have that past experience, because you're a new agent. Hold on, I gotta fix my mic. It lost yeah. its hair. <laughs> <laughs> it's fuzz. Yeah, it's fuzz. Um, if you don't know what to do, that's the reason you join coaching. And a lot of you are joining coaching and you're smart to do so. And what we're going to gear you towards when you join coaching is getting into action urgently. The first section of our coaching program is all about what you should do now every single day for the first 90 days of your being in the coaching program. They're very actionable uh, items. Do these three to five things every single day. With our coaching program, you do get a daily semi-private coaching call. Many of you Thousands of you are going to join the coaching program. Don't wait. So the problem is going to be is you're going to realize what Julie and I have been saying for the past you know thousands of podcasts is absolutely true. But you're maybe going to hope and pray that somehow magically you don't actually have to learn to do the real work of real estate. How long are you going to wait? That's a funny thing we hear a lot, right? Mm-hmm. I listened to you and Tim on the podcast for you know months, if not years. And then I always knew I was going to join coaching eventually. But it takes what for you to actually – move forward with it. Something bad happens. Isn't yeah. that usually what happens? You lose the listing. You don't have a pre-listing pack. You're all of a sudden, your you know marketing gimmick isn't working anymore. And you now realize you actually have to do what Julie and I have been asking you to do forever on our podcast and our coaching program. And then you join. Why wait for desperation to hit? Why don't you take action now? And the easiest way for you to join coaching is just to text the word premiere. Premier is P-R-E-M-I-E-R. To 47372 text the word premiere to 47372 when you do we're going to text you back a link you have to then click yes and then we're going to text uh, text you a link that you can join the premier coaching Pro- program premier coaching program depending how you choose to join is around a hundred dollars a month and yes that includes a daily semi-private coaching call with your coach so text the word premiere to 47372 and remember message and data rates may apply all right julie let's go back and where today we're talking about uh, points number Five through eight. Eight. Okay, go for
1: it. That's right. So this is part two of the introvert's real estate success plan. Part one was yesterday, if you'd like to get caught up. So point number five, again, this is specifically for our introvert friends out there. In new situations, actually have a plan. For example, if it's a tough competitive listing appointment and you haven't been on many of those, use your pre-qualification script and your pre-listing package and follow our seven step listing plan arrive early, preview the competition, including what's pending in any new construction. Sometimes we call that the seven P's, proper previous planning prevents pitifully poor performance.
0: But also the seven step listing process and the seven step, the whole thing is all laid out. You know, it all starts with basically you know, prospecting or proactively lead generating, pre-qualifying. It goes through the entire process. That's what our seven-step listing process is. That's obviously part of our coaching program. That's also discussed, I think, in chapter seven of our book, Harris Rules. It
1: is, and we've done the 30,000 foot view of this on podcasts as sure. well. But the point is that, especially for introverts, generally speaking, introverts and the analytical crowd do not do a great job tap dancing, BSing, winging it, So you know that about yourself, and this is really for everyone, but especially introverts, you need to have a plan and a system. That's why the seven step listing uh, plan, you do it the same way for every listing, whether it's your mom's house, whether it's a for sale by owner, you follow the same steps because you wanna get the same result and that's taking the listing.
0: Watch your hand on the cord. The, um, here's the thing I was thinking when you were talking about Uh that. When you have a seven step listing process, when you're actually following a consistent plan, every time you generate a listing lead, it actually is less stressful and more professional the problem ultimately with not having a plan even before you need it is when you need it it's too late so you want to have it already in place and what happens when you have your you know you know how to proactively generate you know how to pre-qualify you know what questions to ask and what order to ask them you know how to essentially do every single aspect of being a listing agent and by the way you don't need to wait to become a listing agent you can become a listing agent right away from the second you get your real estate license pre-listing pack that's such a critical part of our seven-step listing process and it's part of our premier coaching program. What the pre-listing pack is, is something you send prior to going on the listing appointment that in as es- that is in essence acts as your silent salesperson. It is designed to answer all the tough questions so that when you get to the seller's house, there really are no real tough questions left to answer. You don't have to worry about them trying to corner you about your marketing or why Bob is more, you know, why they should list with this agent or that agent or, what, you know, uh, locking horns over price or commission or any of those types of things. All of it is resolved in the pre-listing pack, which we've already created for you. We want you to personalize the pre-listing pack, but we do not want you to change the pre-listing pack. And just to really drill down what the pre-listing pack is, it's essentially a book of information that you send to the seller prior to going on the listing appointment that answers all the questions that the seller may or may not have. For you, Uh, but when you walk into the seller's house because you know that pre listing pack has been delivered and they've read it, you do not have to overly worry about being cornered or being put back on your heels asking something that would result in you having undue stress, let alone losing the listing. It's already pretty much yours by the time you get there, as long as you follow our system, especially if you're pre-qualified. If you think I'm oversimplifying it, I am not. What you're doing is you're overcomplicating it by not actually having a plan. Why create your own plan? Why go to a bunch of YouTube videos and some fake YouTube coaches and do all the rest of this, trying to create one? Just plug yourself into something that's been proven to work in every market, every market condition over the last you know two decades basically three almost and we have refined it and updated it we do it pretty much I would say constantly yes you know and this again the pre listing packet is one of the most important things in the listing process and going into any kind of situation where you're wanting to pursue sellers and by the way we have something very similar for buyers you know, we don't talk enough about our buyer system, but we have a very robust, you know, our buyer pre-qualification, we have a buyer presentation. How about that? A buyer presentation. Take a you know, second to think about that. Just allow me to take a sidestep here. Everyone is conditioned to know that when you're going to be competing, in other words, you're not necessarily walking in there and listing your mom's house, you're listing you're having to compete with other agents. And let's say you have no real personal connection with that seller. That is really what professionals do. Well, we have something very similar when you're competing for buyers. Because here's what's going to happen ultimately. And this is really I'm, you know, listen to past podcasts if you want more information on that, or what I'm about to tell you. In the very near future, the entitlement of a buyer side commission is not You you shouldn't assume that that's going to be in place for much longer. By much longer, it could be in some markets, years. But in some places, it's already gone by the wayside. Where you will not readily have access to buyer agent commissions or the commission rate will drop. And then you factor in what some of you are paying for referral fees. And the amount of money you're making off buyer side transactions is, you know, you might as well have been working for $15 an hour someplace. And just do the math on this. But again, not the topic of today's show. But here is the point. Many of you are used to working with buyers based on having a personal connection with them. Why not have a relationship with buyers that's based on professionalism with them uh, signing something, being committed to you as being their exclusive buyer's agents, just as if you were listing a house and they are signing an exclusive listing contract with you. That is the way of the future. That is what soon is going to transpire. In some markets, if not possibly all markets, you're going to start having to explain to the buyer what the buyer agent commission is. But not just, this is it, oh, by the way, the seller pays it, so don't worry about it. You're gonna have to explain to the buyer what the buyer's agent's commission is, and then you're going to have to explain to the buyer why they have to pay your buyer's agent's commission. It could be paid in the literal sense or it could be paid through financing it. It could be paid through asking the seller to pay it as part of the closing costs. However if it's going to happen, conversations are gonna to have to start transpiring where the buyer's agents are going to have to start explaining to the buyer why they're worth whatever the commission rate is and how it's going to be paid. And again, it's no longer gonna be an entitlement to the transaction. You need to get ahead of this and don't wait for this to actually hit, hit your marketplace, because you're just going to get, here's what's going to happen. There'll be some sort of uh, local or maybe even national announcement saying that the seller's, uh, age, the buyer's agent commission is no longer going to be something that's automatically whatever it is in your individual market. And the there's going to be added disclosures, I'm sure, explaining to the seller that they no longer just automatically have to pay it. And then the seller is going to have to agree to pay the buyer's agent commission. Yes, I know that's in listing contracts now, but, you know, let's say it's going to be more, far more overt. But then on the buyer's agent's uh, side of the transaction, they're going to have to have a formalized approach with a presentation explaining what they do and not just explaining agency and the normal just rudimentary things, but explaining why they're worth what they're worth and it's not just going to be because the buyer agent was, you know, you know, had a personal connection with the buyer. That's obviously always part of it, but they're going to have to exp- uh, explain and sell to the buyer why that buyer should be working with that buyer's agent and why that buyer in essence is directly paying their commission just as if the same skill set, similar skill set so competing for listings. That is what's going to be happening in the buyer side of the transaction. Are you ready for that? Well, you should be. Join our premier coaching program because we have, by the way, the buyer agent stuff is something we should definitely talk about in this podcast. I have already
1: made note. Yes. We, you
0: know what? We should do a podcast is just present our uh, buyer pre-call script. Yes. Because our prior pre-call script is badass. <laughs> it is right. Yes. It's, copy- it's in a technical term. And it's yeah. copywritten. That's the reason none of our scripts are available for free because they're all copywritten. You can't use our scripts, and you can use them, but you can't reproduce them. And a lot of you know, there's no. Thievery that's happening with any of our content—it's no. all copyrighted. Yeah. So, in any event, text the word "Premiere" to four seven three seven two. Text the word "Premiere" to four seven three seven two. Message and data rates may apply.
1: Well, so in other words, if you thought your life was difficult as a buyer's agent today, <laughs> wait until this. There's a new term being, uh, you know, bandied about here and there, and that is called commission compression. Yeah. That is exactly what Tim just walked you through. It is not going to get easier. You're just going to get more and more pressure on the buyer side. And our job as coaches is to help you not just navigate through that, but get really good at your buyer presentation. And of course, primarily be a listing agent.
0: And don't wait around for your broker or your office manager to tell you what we just told you. We just told you what's going to happen next. And again, next could be like next year. Next could be two years from now. Or next could be in your market now. But don't wait for what we just said to actually happen. Be prepared; otherwise, you're gonna you could lose an entire year. You could be knocked out of the industry because you weren't prepared. Just right. listen to what maybe your current coaches or your future coaches are. Julie and I are, are I think, what we really are in our heart and soul are preppers, basically. <laughs> yeah. You know, we're we're old, we're Boy Scouts, right, or Girl Scouts. We hope for the best, but we prepare for the worst. That's what we're mm-hmm. hoping all of you will do as well.
1: That's right. So back to our introvert conversation point number six give yourself mini breaks during social situations so that you can recharge take a break and walk around outside or take a restroom break if you're at a restaurant or a meeting and avoid too much alcohol or too much caffeine because either one of those can knock you off of your well-planned game i remember many conversations with co- coaching clients that were going to different real estate <coughs> excuse me real estate events or their broker rallies or whatever And my introverts were always the same. Like, you know what? I want to go for the content. I don't need to be around the people all the time. It really just, I feel like I lose a whole week just to go to two days of that. And, you know, we made the decision, are you going to go to all of it or none of it? Do you really have to go? But if you're going to go, we talked about things like, you know, go to the content part of it and then go walk around outside, you know, have a plan.
0: But the key is give yourself a break. Uh, You know, that's the night you can kind of hide out in your cell phone. That's obviously bad etiquette in many cases. Uh, But have questions. That's really it always leans back, especially if you're an introvert, especially if the idea of being in social situations makes you nervous, which for most of you it will. Mm -hmm. Have questions like, you know, when you walk, Julie's scenario, you walk into some sort of seminar or whatever, have a question of, So and maybe you're meeting up with people you haven't seen in a while. So what is the single most exciting thing that's happened to you since the last time I saw you? Say, ask questions like that. Or what's the, you know, those types of things. And let them talk and ask them questions about whatever the hell they're talking about. And don't worry about having to talk about yourself because everyone's favorite topic is talking about themselves. And if you're showing interest in their favorite topic, which is talking about themselves, they're going to love you forever, Mm -hmm. right? So there's no downside in you getting a situation where you're asking people questions where they get to express, you know, whatever the heck it was that happened to them since the last time they saw you. But remember, lean back into the forward thing. That is the ultimate Mm -hmm. uh, conversational crutch For everyone not just um, introverts but it's family occupation recreation dreams and so what you do is you talk about family questions and again this is part of our coaching program we give you sample questions and then if the family conversation starts to dry up then you can pop over to occupation and then recreation dreams and it is kind of funny uh, depending on the gender of the person you're talking to uh, like most ladies will be able to talk forever about family And you never have to move on to occupation, right? They can be the president of some country. They're going to want to talk about family, which is great. And then a lot of men, they'll talk about family for about two seconds, and then they want to go right to occupation or or recreation.
1: You totally just read my mind because the coaching call I just hung up with, Brad, in Florida we were actually practicing and again this is the difference between just listening to the podcast and actually being on a coaching call right and i was putting him on the spot about the occupation part of this because the whole point of ford is to get to occupation so you can talk about real estate right and we were joking that you know it's ford to help you remember it's a memory jogger but really you could just call it faux because most people just get to family and occupation and then it becomes a real estate conversation so one of the things that i'm practicing considering our changing market with all of our coaching clients is, and the coaches, when somebody says, how's real estate? What is your answer? Do you go into a long diatribe about how tough it is for you because you can't find any inventory? And oh my gosh, the world's coming to an end because interest rates went up. That is not the right conversation. To go back to what you said, ask questions, get them to talk. Ask them what they're most interested in about real estate. Don't just, you know, go into fire hosing everything the world is falling.
0: If you do get fire hosed by an intro or an extrovert, you know, <laughs> that's going to say, hey, Bob, how's real estate? Say, it's excellent. Matter of fact, I've got five great buyers that are looking to purchase the house right away. Who do you know is thinking about selling their house? Exactly. H- hit them back with another direct question, just like the question they just asked you. Don't be put back on your heels. Then all of a sudden that person is, you know, searching their phone for, so-and-so they know from the gym was putting their house for sale. You guys get it?
1: But we practice this so that you become fluent at it and you don't be deer in the headlights. If
0: you want to know why somebody else is doing more deals than you, taking more listings than you, making more money than you, helping more uh, people than you, it's not because they're uh, doubling down on dumb and doing gimmicks. What they're doing is they're having more direct voice to voice, belly to belly conversations with people about buying or selling real estate. At the end of the day, when you cut through all the BS, that's really what's happening. It's the direct conversations that lead to transactions. All these other things that you guys spend so much money in billions of dollars in every single year do not lead directly to a transaction. If there's one thing hoping, uh, I'm hoping you guys take from today's podcast, avoid anything in an economy like this that does not lead directly to helping somebody and making money. What does that mean? If this conversation does not lead to a uh, potential paycheck in the next 60 to 90 days, then it's probably not a conversation you should be spending a lot of time on. Don't take that the wrong way. All I'm suggesting is you're spending your time with people that are actually gonna transact. If this dollar you're about to spend in your business is not going to absolutely positively lead directly to a paycheck, which by the way, hardly any of it does, in the next 60 to 90 days, I mean, I can't think of really anything – coaching truthfully Mm -hmm. coaching good coaches will get your skills up they'll learn teach you how to ask great questions how to actually pre-qualify how to actually win how to get your head together so you can take advantage of all the opportunities that are in this changing market
1: without spending the money on speculative crap
0: right exactly and the speculative crap which many of you are leaning into because you don't have the skill set and because you're scared you're going to start spending more money on things that are just going to make your situation worse you got to see things for what they are here's the thing i know At least, I would say, five to 6,000 of you listening to us today, because this is the number one listened to daily podcast for real estate agents in at least the United States, know exactly what I'm saying. You know what I'm telling you is the absolute truth. You have this intuitive pang that's telling you the truth. Please pay attention to that internal angst and don't wait to take action on what we're saying. Julie and I do not think the market is going to get easier. We do not think there's all of a sudden going to be a sea change in mindset. If anything, uh, the headwinds that are going to be experienced are going to get worse for the rest of the year because of the nature of all the things that are happening. That does not mean that your personal economy has to suffer. It means that the economy overall is going to suffer. You can do amazing in a, a time like this because you've got your head screwed on straight and because you are actually doing the things necessary to help people and make money. The rest of the world, unfortunately, is going to be in a different situation, most likely. So please be clear. You don't have to go down at the ship. You can you know, jump out while there's still time and swim to the shore.
1: So related to this and our introverts is point number seven, cultivate the habit of being a great listener. That assumes you're having conversations, doesn't it? Many introverts are too focused on what to say next, and they miss the finer details of what the other person is saying. The cure for this is to repeat what you just heard without being weird, right? There's a way to do that that's normal and natural, right? And to have a variety of of ways of saying that. Like, what I hear you saying is, or I understand you're saying that. And if you aren't sure ask them to paint you a picture these are all little conversational script snippets that we do in coaching but cultivate the habit of actually listening uh, there's a ted talk that's that was talking about conversations and she said it's one of the most popular ted talks ever and she said that you don't have to mirror and match if you are actually listening (laughs) that's okay that's the
0: reason you and julie and i do not like nlp by the way that's the reason we don't teach it we don't coach it it's basically pseudoscience. That's we make fun of it on this podcast because we've been to NLP things before and it is yuck.
1: It's half crazy talk. It's crazy
0: talk. And to see these NLP coaches and trainers what they'll try to do is take normal sane people and try to get them <laughs> right. to do abnormally insane things mm-hmm. for the sake of somehow bettering their levels of communication. Yeah. Where the, it all it is is they're trying to become they're trying to teach them to become bad actors basically. Uh, literal bad actors, where they're trying to, to go through these physical room, uh, uh, man, room, of, room manifestation of, yeah, of, of what it looks like to listen. Whereas what Julie just says, the bottom line, <laughs> just listen. You, uh, don't, you have, don't
1: have to fake listen you don't if have you're to, actually listening.
0: You don't have to fake interest if you're actually interested. I know some of you are out of practice. But that's okay. Get back in practice. Just start communicating with more people. The thing that makes you a bad communicator, or if the thing that makes you a less effective communicator, I should say, is thinking about yourself, thinking about talking about yourself, thinking about what you're going to say about yourself. The thing that makes you a powerful communicator, and this is not just French verse, it's for everybody, listening to what people say, sincerely listening, even if you're not necessarily interested in what they're saying, ask questions, and what you'll find in the process of asking questions and listening to what they're saying, something magical happens. It's called being present. So when you're talking to someone, when you're asking questions, when you're listening to their answer, you're in the present moment. The present moment even if the topic is not something that you're necessarily interested in is magic. And that's the reason it's going to become something special for you and something special for them. You gave them something and you experienced something most people never experience. Why? Cuz in life, most people are always thinking about themselves obviously, but they're primarily focused on what happened in the past. Or what's going to happen in the future? So when you're talking to someone, this is the little spiritual aspect of what Julie and I are trying to, you know, coach you guys to understand. But we don't want to talk like that because it's a little woo-woo for us. Mm-hmm. But it is true. When you are con- when you're conversing with someone and you're sincerely listening and you're asking questions about what they say, you're not allowing your ego to creep in and think about yourself and what you're going to say or all the rest of it. You are experiencing present. You're experiencing stillness. You're experiencing the things that a lot of people try to accomplish in the and when they're meditating. They can feel that. You can feel that. Now all of a sudden you've created something magical. You will want more of that because it felt special to you. You'll do it more frequently and you'll become better at it. You'll tune yourself. Again, sorry for the woo woo word. You'll tune yourself to that frequency as frequently as you can because it makes you feel good. Because you can tell that you're making them feel good.
1: Yes, but it does take practice. So point number eight, force yourself to not just be good, but great on the phone. Yes, I said it, on the phone. It is unavoidable in real estate. If you are more comfortable in person, as many of you are, set your appointments in person as much as possible. But again, not everybody is comfortable with that yet. And all of you learned how to use Zoom in the past two years, so that's okay too. But it's also okay to set what I call the appointment before the real appointment, a coffee to get to know somebody or a walkthrough of a sit for sale by owners open house, for example, especially when you are still nervous about appointments in general, and you're, you're feeling your way into how to close and you're learning your scripts. Your appointments don't have to be super perfect from the beginning. You can have appointments to get to know you and then follow up appointments, but you do back to the original point, have to get great on the phone because you cannot achieve that uh, you know, being present, as you just talked about, if you're avoiding having the conversations.
0: And our scripts that we give you make you great on the phone. Now, you are going to naturally say, and I'm, we're not disagreeing with you, Tim, you're asking me to read words that are not my own. That is correct, but what's going to happen is after you read them enough, they become your own. We want you to memorize the script. We want you to internalize the script. Those are two different things. Memorizing is just memorizing. Internalizing is knowing why you're saying what you're saying. Memorizing is just knowing, uh, uh, you know, what words and what sentences go in what order. You hadn't really conceived, you haven't really thought about it. You haven't ingrained as to why those things are working the way they're working. It's like the levels of learning, by the way. You know, unconscious incompetence, conscious, in, uh, conscious uh, incompetence, conscious competence, and co- uh, unconscious competence, right? There you go. So it's four levels. <laughs> I know. Are you impressed? I am. I am impressed, it's too. It's a tongue twister. It's then. the caffeine. I know. 100%. <laughs> Anyway, so the point being is that when you are at that second phase and you start to then realize that uh, I now understand why Tim and Julie wrote the script the the way that they did. I know why this question happens three questions after the question that was three questions Mm -hmm. up. I understand the sequence of things. I can see how this conversation following this script as a dance it's basically me helping the seller self-discover what it is really that's important to them and then what happens is then you after you've internalized it then you can personalize it what many hackish agents do is they will try to personalize the script first because it just doesn't sound like me it's not supposed to sound like you because you don't sound like a professional the script will make you sound like a professional sound like a professional and then it'll sound like you
1: also it's not all about you Right. (laughs) You know, so stop trying to make it feel like you. That's You're 100% missing the point of a script if that's where you're stuck. It's all about them. That's why the script works the way it does. Okay, point number nine, our final point today, use your expert powers of observation for good. Be the person who notices your prospect's unusual Italian art collection or knows the name of the artist and compliments it. Remember the names of their kids, their dog, their parrot, Introverts are naturally studious, so become well-versed in subjects like architectural, interior design, beautifully worded home brochures, landscape design, and all things real estate. Remember that knowledge equals confidence. You want to be confident so you'll have more conversations about more things with more people, right? So use your expert powers of study and observation. Don't overdo it and get into analysis paralysis. You know, you can study yourself out of transactions. I'm not suggesting that. But what I am suggesting is learn about things that will make your appointments more interesting to make you more interesting to them and them more interesting to you.
0: If you show appreciation for things that people appreciate, they're also, they're, you instantly have a connection with them yep. that other people won't have. And I do remember Julie, of course, was really good at this. When she and I would go on mostly upper end listing appointments together and Julie would notice books and things like that. Um, you know, her parents were school teachers and, you know, big readers growing up and the rest of it. Um, but yeah, she would notice uh, certain books, classic literature, British authors, just different things. They would pee their pants when they were just so <laughs> delighted that she knew what some obscure physicist from the 1900s was had written about. You know the you know, basics of worm theory. I don't even know what the hell <laughs> was. You know what I'm saying? Wasn't quite string that bad. theory. Well, oh no, no 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 no. are like
1: worm theory. Okay, so you're string not
0: getting theory. away. I remember a book. That you gave as a closing gift yeah. to one of the executives that we helped buy a very expensive yeah. house from Batel Battelle Memorial Institute. Do you remember?
1: Yeah. I don't remember the book, but I do remember. It, it was, was a this book
0: that we basically had to use a U-Haul to haul. There, it was so big. Mm. I think and it was it, the
1: sh- uh, History of the Universe or something. No, like no, it's something
0: far nerdier. Well, okay, and he loved it.
1: I know. So here's the thing: there is a really it has the world's most boring title. I don't. I can't imagine that he's told many of listeners, this, but I know you, he did. Listeners,
0: do okay. you notice how Julie's now wanting to talk about the book? book no, this is I, a different book. This is about I,
1: houses, okay? I
0: just nerd baited her.
1: I know you did, and it worked too. <laughs> so Bill Bryson, B-R-Y-S-O-N, he, he writes really interesting books. Most of it is travel, but he wrote a book. It's the most boring title. A History of Domestic Life, right? That's like the worst title. Who's going to buy that? But You. You are going to buy that. Obviously. Um, but it is all about architectural and the history of houses and all of these, I think, interesting things. Like, why is the kitchen in the back of the house? You know?
0: Well, no, don't tell the listeners. Make them research okay. themselves. Yes. But, uh, that is, For example. Well, I remember there was this, a community um, in Columbus called uh, German Village. Mm-hmm. And this is something – I mean, what Julie's saying is 100% spot on uh, because it really does make it so that you're more of an interesting person, even if you're not that introverted. But I remember – We were going on a tour with JP of um, German Village, Mm -hmm. and he was showing us how the Masons from back in the time when they were building – German Village was all brick. But how the Masons would sneak in their autograph or their signature of who they were into the uh, bricks as a pattern. And, and mm-hmm. do you remember that? Yes. And, and I, you,
1: I didn't know that. I thought that was fascinating.
0: And you couldn't see it. You'd look at the side of a big brick building and you're like, what the hell are you talking about? And then you'd point it out and then your mind would start looking for it. Now, we didn't sell real estate in that market, but if we did, how amazing would it have been to point out to prospective buyers or even the sellers that you know didn't know this about uh, this their community that they had this you know, added, you know, interesting history in their building, those types of things make you special. And and if you're not necessarily interested in stuff like that, become interested in stuff like that because yeah. you are in the real estate business. But beyond that, you know, depending on the nature of the people you're working with, you do want to know about uh, like I mean, an upper end. Let's just stay with that.
1: Well, I have the, a secret to leave them with. You're, All right, go ahead. you're go leading ahead. me to. Okay. Perfect. Um, so here's the the uh, thought I'll leave you with a secret. Know your market and your prospects well. What can you notice and use to show that you're paying attention? Who are the builders and the names of their model homes? Who were the founders of your town? Probably there are roads named after them. I just learned the, the uh, neighborhood I grew up in, in around Evening Street uh-huh. um, over near Worthingway. And I, I don't know why this never occurred to me. All those street names were named after uh, famous authors, Emerson, Abbott, how would you those. not know that? I don't know. I just, look, you know, you grow up around something, you just think that's the name of it. Hmm. The way I learned that is from a Facebook page for Worthington where somebody's dad was the developer of that neighborhood. And somebody asked, how do you come up with street names? And they went into this whole long thing. So that would be something to know about your community, right? You, you
0: know what I'm thinking about now, though, is some of the street names where we have our Cabin and Murphy. You know, hog's I know. head drive. Hog's
1: head <laughs> holler. I know. Uh, but what's happening, for example, in your local development and real estate trends? Knowledge equals power. Knowledge equals confidence. By the same token, don't fire hose prospects or clients with too much all at once. Maybe they don't care, but some of them will. Your job is to know who's who. Sprinkle your knowledge only as necessary. You know, you never know what listing appointment you're going to be on where something is relevant and you pull it out of the caverns of your brain because you learned about it two months ago. That's the thing is knowledge equals confidence. And you are absolutely right. When you show that with somebody, you do very much bond to that person to the point where they wouldn't say, well, you know what? We really hit it off because you told me why kitchens are in the back of the house. No, they'll they'll feel like they resonated with you. They were present with you. And what they would say is, well, I guess we just hit it off better than the other agents.
0: Exactly. Well, I'm remembering when you and I got into real estate, we were following our own advice. And we read tons of real estate books because we didn't know Mm -hmm. Jack. And I remember we learned the difference between modern and contemporary uh, Mm -hmm. architecture. I remember we learned the difference between Georgian and federal architecture. I remember we learned the difference between all these different things. Mm -hmm. And those types of things gave us more confidence. Remember, this is a show for introverts, knowledge equals confidence, ignorance equals fear. And so when you have this added information about your marketplace, it does make you more confident. By the way, side stream benefit, it makes it so that selling real estate becomes a hell of a lot more interesting too. I mean, like for example, I, I'm not going to bore you guys with the details, but where we sold real estate uh, at towards the end of our real estate selling career in New Albany, Ohio, the, it was a Georgian community. You guys should Google it, by the way. New Albany, Ohio, Country Club or New Albany Country Club area. The houses are just ridiculous, beautiful. In any event, you know, to know the difference when we go on listing appointments, you know, everyone would assume all the houses were fe- were Georgian, but they weren't. They were all different. They were all different styles and they were all taken from different places in England. And we had researched, we'd actually gone to England when we started selling real estate there and we went to see what the original houses looked like. The streets in New Albany were named after some of the uh, architects that were designing these communities in England back in like the 1600s or yep. something. And so we went and researched all this and you don't think that gave us an advantage when we are going on an expensive listing appointment. Hell yeah, Dad. I know.
1: And the next guy shows up and they're like, well, I don't know what what street name is that? You know? Are that- your
0: kitchen cabinets white?
1: <laughs> exactly. So, you know, learn more about your community. I was just thinking about Carmel by the Sea, one of mm-hmm. our favorite markets, how interesting that na- those neighborhoods are. And I have a great book, which is The Cottages of Carmel by the Sea, and it talks about the original architect and the original builders and why the roofs look like that. All of you live in neighborhoods, even if you live in a neighborhood that's 10 years old and there were only three builders that built in there, you should at least know the names of the models and how they named the streets and and little nuances. And then expand from there.
0: Well, Carmel-by-the-Sea, here's a little fun fact for you guys. See how interesting real estate can be? There are no street addresses in Carmel-by-the-Sea. We're not making it up. What
1: a nightmare, first of all. <laughs> exactly. Exactly.
0: So Google and Google Carmel-by-the-Sea, and you're going to see some of the most ridiculous little hobbit houses you've ever seen before. They, there's these perfect little cottages. There were, what, two or three architects that went in there and designed yeah. most of them. The roofs have arches in them and all these ridiculous things that no one will ever do nowadays, but they're so unbelievably beautiful. Not big houses. Most of them are really small. They're cottages, you know? And they all
1: have their names because their street address is like... Uh, to northeast of 6th. Exactly. And you have to, like, figure out the coordinates, which I don't even... And they don't even have mailboxes because nobody's ever going to find that. So the
0: houses have no addresses. The houses have names. And you have to register the name with the city. Exactly. So you... Exactly. So if you're delivering a package in that particular area trying to find an address, you probably... You're never going to find it. Is the moral of the story. <laughs>
1: no, but I I mean, how interesting. And so how did the houses get their names and all of that sort of thing? So there yep, you are. There They're you go. At, the when we out.
0: lived in Georgetown. One of the things we did... <laughs> (laughs) We lived in Georgetown, Texas, as there was a ghost tour that went on downtown.
1: Those are great.
0: Yeah. So, anything like that. So, guys, hopefully, you're uh, vibing off of what we're sharing with you. The moral of the story is guess what? Julie and I are both frankly, big time introverts, and we learn to be more versatile, which is a point Julie made yesterday. You guys can too. And what happens is you start, remember the point Jules also read to you guys yesterday, one of the interesting sidestream benefits of an introvert becoming more extroverted is they actually become a happier, healthier person. Mm -hmm. So hopefully you're understanding that overall, when we said at the top, and when we named this podcast, 15 points will transform your business and in brackets personal life. Now hopefully you're understanding that this does encompass all facets of your life when you start opening your mind to the fact that yes, you're born introverted, who cares, you can actually have as rich of a full life as if you'd been the biggest extrovert, maybe even more so because mm-hmm. you will take the time to appreciate the little finer details in life, which maybe an extroverted person would skip on by. So listen, guys, thank you for continuing to make this number and listen to daily podcasts for real estate professionals in at least the United States. Those of you who have not yet given us a five-star review on iTunes or on Spotify, we'd certainly appreciate it. If you're on YouTube, smash that like button. We certainly appreciate that as well. But on iTunes and on Spotify, for those, or even uh, on um, on YouTube, if you leave us a five-star review, though you can't do it on iTunes. But if you leave, I'm sorry, you can't do it on YouTube. But if you leave us a five-star review on iTunes or on Spotify, and give us a nice, you know, review. Everyone who does it's going to be eligible to receive an autographed copy of our best selling book called Harris Rules. Yes, you can buy this book and all the major booksellers, Barnes and Noble and whatnot, it's available at airports, everywhere. But we'd like to give you an autographed copy of the book where our staff is going to be choosing who wrote the best uh, you know, uh, review, review and five star review. And then all those people are gonna be receiving an autographed book. And it's our honor and our pleasure to be, continue to be your real estate coaches. And uh, podcast listeners, podcast listeners, podcast hosts. Yes. And listeners. And listeners. We listen to ourselves for the past 45 minutes.
1: <laughs> no, exactly. <laughs>
0: you can tell the caffeine's wearing thin. Indeed. Time to wrap. <laughs> yeah, That's right. <laughs> so you guys have a fantastic day. We'll talk to you on the show tomorrow with uh, day three of the Introvert's Guide to Everything You Want in This Life and the Next. There you go. <laughs> See you guys later. Bye.